0: this evening and well, I yeah. was uh, uh, alarmed of this uh, you know, gathering here, alerted of this I, I thought, boy, it, they're going to have a hard time getting Brother Bell here <laughs> and, I, and I, I, I told the guys, I were waiting, I, I, I feel bad for Mrs. Bell, Brother Pleasure I'm sure he's giving to them what do you mean we're not being in the church, what, <laughs> what do you mean where
1: are we going,
0: <laughs> you <just hear> it. <laughs> <laughs> About controlling everything, you know. Uh, that's what, what your kids think, anyway. And my son Weston was just a little tight. Uh, he, we went to a, a Cleveland Indians ball game. Indians, Indians.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, Indians. And,
0: uh, and so we were <laughs> we were seated on a place where we were in a, in a right field. Is where they used to win a lot. And uh, right field and uh, and then. Uh, Uh, We had to look across the aisle, and people kept getting up and down. And and Weston said, Daddy said, get up and tell them to sit down. And and, uh, so, yeah, you do think you can do all those things everywhere you go. But anyway, uh, what a wonderful opportunity to be in this place. I was thinking about uh, the two storefronts I had the privilege to preach in, the original building. And when you added on, I never preached in this building. And so now I got a bucket list check off here. Amen. And, uh, thank you, staff, for coming with this great idea and, uh, and honoring your pastor and his wife. You can't yeah. do it enough.
1: Yes. Amen. If you're worthy of
0: double honor then That's you right. just can't do it enough. Right. And uh, hey. they are. And uh, this is wonderful to be able to do this. And 33 years is not a mistake. And it's not because he couldn't have gone into with a better game somewhere else, you know. Um, there have been lots of places he could have gone if he wanted to and uh, other cities other places that would have loved to have him and yet uh, he had a burden for this city Amen. Uh, Amen. and for this church and for you yeah. and uh, that means a lot right there nothing yes. else is said that means a lot Yes. and uh, yet how many thousands and thousands of people have been saved here hey. Amen. baptized growing. Yeah. and you're just a, a sample of that oh you are just a sample Yes. Yeah, uh, right. uh, who could count? Only in heaven we know how many people yes, right. so actually reached right. in 33 years. And so I'm thankful to be part of this. So thankful for our friendship and uh, for the privilege of all these years, decades now, to be friends. And so, they your rivals to Acts chapter 15. Let's do business with God and wrap we'll this thing up tonight. Get some punch and something else to eat and get better than we already are. And, uh, hey. uh, all about in the Baptist church, the food. Uh, boy, did we eat good today. Man, that man's a cook, and uh, you know, if you were a woman, you'd have no problem getting married. Anyway, uh, but we uh, did a great job with uh, the meal today, and we were privileged to feast uh, on the holy things of God. <laughs> Acts chapter 15, you should have found it by now, let's stay together. to begin reading in verse 22, Acts chapter 15. Then pleased in the apostles and the elders of the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch, were Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas surnamed Barsabas and Silas, chief men among the brethren. And they were letters by them after this manner: the apostles and elders and brethren send greetings unto the brethren which are in which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us Have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying, You must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good unto us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. Notice verse 26, men who have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going talk you tonight about red line Christianity. And Father, help us on this night as we gather together for this special occasion. Thank you, Lord, for the beginnings of this church, for all the years of sustenance, blessings, and great, mighty things you've done. And yet the future is still before us. If you so, Terry, there will be more great things to talk about, more blessings to share. We attribute them all to you, but we do know that you use men and women who stand faithfully by, as a pastor, this wife, this good church of God. And so I pray that you'll bless us tonight as we gather around this truth. Help us to hear from heaven. Holy Spirit, help me in this hour. I want to do justly to the things of God. I pray that the word of God would not return void in this case, but it would accomplish all you intended to do. Bless us together. Empower me for the job. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <coughs> and the purpose of our text here in Acts chapter 15 is a letter that is to be sent to the Gentiles in Antioch, in Syria, and Galicia. This letter was to inform them that they were sending two other men besides Paul and Barnabas. Who would travel along with them. And the names of these men were, were Judas and Silas. And they would declare the truth concerning the false doctrines that were being toted around in their day. If you think that this day, because of the internet, is the day of false doctrine, I'm going to tell you that ever since man's been involved in doctrine, false doctrine shows. And it's gotten around and it's gotten its place. And this is what we're facing in this text. And by this letter and by the presence of these men who would bring this letter, they would then know the people, the Gentiles, would know the uh, authenticity, that's a big word for me, Uh, to be able to know they were authentic and it was coming from men who had their best interest in mind. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like a a missionary comes out of a church. And the pastor of that church sent out a letter to other pastors and other churches introducing that missionary. Nobody knows the missionary from uh, John John Doe. Nobody knows him. And they may know the church, they may know the pastor, they sure don't know the missionary. So he's sending his recommendation of what these people are uh, worthy of and what they are in what ministry they're involved in. That's what they're doing here. So the reason of this letter then is that the Jews who had served with these other great men had somehow gone out from them and had gone to the Gentiles and said, it's not good enough for you just to be saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. We're going to make it a little more difficult on you. We're going to make you get circumcised and keep the law. Well, if they understood what they were saying, they would know nobody could do the law-keeping. Amen. And yet they wanted right. them to do it because they were Gentiles and not Jews. Right. Now this, listen, this is the real definition of legalism. Right. Right. It's not legalism to wear a dress, ma'am. Minded. It's not legalism, sir, to have short hair like a man
2: should have.
0: Yeah. It's not legalism to abstain from uh, wicked things and rock music, And, uh, and uh, it's not legalism to a King James Bible. Yeah. That's not legalism. Legalism is when you add to salvation. Yeah. Salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Amen. Christ. Yeah. So that's what it is now. When you add to it, you have just legalized yeah. what salvation Amen. is. let yeah. anybody tell you any different fact. Because these uh, uh, former uh, fundamentalists would like to try and get you tripped up in words and make you think, well, now because you've got standards, now you're a real legalist. No, my standards never, never taking me to heaven. Jesus right. is taking me to heaven. And I'll tell you one thing, my standards show I'm going to heaven. Oh, yeah. I never been caught somewhere before, and somebody said, hey, you look just like a bartender I used to you know, go to bars with. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's ever said that. But sometimes they think I'm a future. And when they go well, something different about you, you must be a
2: preacher.
1: Oh, well,
0: they didn't think I was a thief or a robber or a rock star. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I wonder why. Oh, uh, well, it's good. Yeah, man. Well, anyways, that's hey, a, it's not in,
0: in the message about that. Where would that come from? I don't know. <laughs>
2: good
0: preaching. <laughs> so this false work that was going around was totally contrary to the work of the early New Testament church. As it is totally contrary to the work of anger Baptist Church. Amen. Amen. If nothing, you're nothing in that realm of adding to salvation. Right. You're uh, straight on, as you always admit, 33 plus years, and every man saved is really saved.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Yeah. And that's exactly the truth. Yeah. So it became the job of Judas and Silas to personally go to these areas and bring this letter of recommendation, giving these people no doubt as to what they were going to say doctrinally and what they were going to teach. You see, here it is right here. Truth has to be understood and if it takes a major effort to understand it then so be it yeah. right. it's like so many so many has never been easy you think well it used to be easier it's never been easy read your bible why do you the apostles when they try yeah. to insult Yeah, and gnashed them under their teeth and they threw dirt at them and they put them in prison they beat them half the death. right well i don't think that's easy yeah, yeah. come on But it's always been this way. So if truth is going to be known, it's going to take a great effort out. And what I want you to see is the definition of the character of these two men, Judas and Silas. Our text, verse number 26. Men that have hazarded their lives through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not slackers. Hazarded. Uh, Not slumberers. Hazarded. Not shirkers. Hazarded. Not (laughs) sulkers, Hazarded. What exactly did they mean about the word hazard? But what were they talking about? It's not the boots of it. Like
2: <laughs>
0: I grew up in the muscle car generation.
2: Yeah. Amen. I
0: feel bad for these young guys. Out there. I have no idea. Here's yeah. what these young guys do now: they go out there and get these little uh, uh, mosquito burners and, uh, and put some kind of crazy pipe on it, I'm like,
1: yeah.
0: and they act like that's a tough car. That ain't nothing. Hey. As a, when I was a teenager, uh, if you had anything less than an eight cylinder, you were driving a modest car. Yeah. <laughs> well, but if you knew what you were doing, you had at least a four barrel, if not a six pack or dual quads. Right. And you had at least a half or three quarter race cam in it. Three. And maybe a Hurst slap shifter on it. Yes. You had bigger uh, gold rims on it. Or you had, uh, you had at least, here's the, thing, here's the thing that most people understand today. <coughs> You don't have all four tires the same size. Muscle me. cars have the two front tires skinny and the back tires real big. Yes, and sir. muscle cars always sit up.
2: I've
0: got to help you with some history. Yeah. To yeah. so change your life, you listen to list Yeah, So, but, but but we all were that way. We loved it. I love that generation as far as uh, 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 those cars and. So this is what you did. Now, now, none of those cars, basically, unless it was a Corvette or maybe a Camaro or something, none of them had a tachometer on them. But now we have tachometers in electric cars. Yeah. Right in the world would know,
1: hey I you do need that in there? I don't know, the, the tachometer was something we would have, and we'd
0: usually strap it right over the uh, steering wheel column, or sometimes they'd put it in the corner on the dashboard. And, uh, and we put on it. We had to put it on there because what we were going to do is race those things, right?
1: Yeah. And we were going
0: to race them down empty roads because it's illegal to race.
1: That's right. I'm not telling you to do
0: it. I'm telling you what we did. And uh, the 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 law statute of laws was over now, so I, I can talk about it. Uh, so. But they would have a dial on this uh, tachometer, and it was red. And you would set that at the RPM level in which you would burn the engine, blow it up. Right. You know, so you could go this fast. It's, I don't know, like maybe 7,000 RPM. It was way up there in a good car, good engine. And you would set it there because you knew when you're going through your gears, you'd run it up to that line. You don't go over that line because you killed it. But if you wanted to win, you had to run it to the line. Right. You would redline your car. Yeah. Come That's what you did. Now, I've always been in love of these. In heaven, I'm going to have me a 1967 Ford
1: <laughs>
0: uh, a Mustang Cobra with a Cobra Jet 427 in it. I mean, we going to all over heaven. I'm going to all over heaven in my car. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> uh, so, anyway <clears throat> we had a, a family that uh, was led to Christ in our team so many. Uh, by the way, 25 years ago, they're still in our church. Amen. And my son pastors the now. But anyway, I uh, said, where are they I don't know where they all are. My over there. One family right there. And so five years ago, the husband died of cancer. He was my age. And he died of cancer. Andy was a, a, a muscle car enthusiast. He had a 1964 Olds 442. Oh, yeah. 400 cubic inch, four barrel, and uh, dual exhaust, that's what it stood for, but it had much, much more than that, and uh, so anyways, he, so he goes off to heaven, and he's enjoying heaven with muscle cars all over,
1: and uh, so
0: it's like, it's like cruise line all the time, and, uh, anyway, uh, i somehow strayed with with Bible, I don't know how that happened, but uh, so his widow, uh, and his uh, son, his sort 12-year-old of son, well, he couldn't drive it. And the widow had no idea how to drive this car. And uh, she said, she called me up after about, uh, oh, maybe eight months after his death, And she said, Richard, she said, uh, you know, I can't drive this car. And my son's missing his daddy. And he used to love to ride in that car with his dad. And uh, could, do you know how to drive a four-speed? And I said, I, I think I can figure it out. And, uh, oh, I love that car. I mean, I'm not supposed to come in, but every once in a while in my heart. You know, and oh, i could like drive that thing if I could just anyway. And uh, so she said, "Could you come, preacher, and drive him around the city a little bit and just have a good time?" Oh, could I? I think I could figure out how to do that. And then sure enough, I got in that thing. and got a beautiful car, and then got it. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be fun. And, uh, and uh, we're not gonna talk about laws of the land right now. All right? Amen. We're not real we're grace, not of law. Amen. Keep it in mind. So, <laughs> off we go, man. I'm getting rubber in all four gears. It is fun city. And, uh, and you know, you stop with a light, and you just, things roll on the backboard. And people walk by and wave at you. And, yeah, how you doing, man? Was, you know, Thumbs up, buddy. Yeah. But, Here we go. i racing down the road. And uh, his son is having a great time in the back seat And I don't know what speeds we got to. I, I decided if I didn't look at the speedometer, I wasn't doing anything wrong. <laughs> Amen. I just referred back to my childhood, just a little bit there. <laughs> but I mean, I set that thing, I looked at the run and I saw that red line. I said, I'm gonna punch it at the red line and keep shifting off that red line. If any knew where it was, I'm gonna trust him on it. And I think it's like 200 RPM, and bang, hit that thing, and bang, hit your rubber every time. Bang hit that thing. And we were having the time of our lives. That's called redlining. That's what it is. It was it was giving the best you could yep. at the fullest speed yep. for the strongest strongest time and, and lengthiest time that you possibly could. That's what that word means when it says that they hazarded their lives. They were men who did everything without account of what would happen. Amen. Yes. They wanted to serve God, so they held nothing back. Yes. It was full yes. speed yes. ahead, pedal to the metal, maximum force all the right. way. Amen. Amen. That's what it meant. It says they hazarded their lives. And yet there were opportunities of danger in every corner. Amen. It didn't matter. They were on time and time again. You keep preaching Jesus, something's going to happen to you. did happen to them. They were imprisoned. They were hated. They were lied about. They were beaten. They were falsely accused. They were tortured for doing things that you and I do with freedom. Amen.
2: And yet it didn't matter. Even if they were going to face death, it didn't matter. They were ransoming their lives.
1: And yet
0: these men did not hesitate. They redlined their life. Is it any wonder why the public testimony of these men in the next couple chapters, Acts 17, 6, is this. These that have turned the world upside down. (coughs) It wasn't the preachers that said that. It wasn't the storm of the Lord that published that. It was the lost people that said, these
2: men have turned the world upside down. down.
0: They were redlining their lives. They were not holding a thing back. It was all that they could do for Jesus Christ. You see, you can't change people, let alone a church, a city, or a country, unless you're going to red line. And And
1: that's good, preacher.
0: And that's why a lot of churches don't make it to this anniversary. That's right. Because they weren't going to
1: have
0: anybody red yep. They were just going to see what would happen if we could show up. And when nothing happened, they decided to change their doctrine.
2: Oh, they were working on the platform. They had a goofy God. stuff up, up with a skinny
0: jeans yeah. and the yellow strap, and a bar stool. And that would get the crowds in. Yeah, so Bob and Bailey knows how to get a crowd, too. Oh, that yes. is the meetings of God. Yeah. 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 Amen. But redliners will do everything they can for the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. So it doesn't surprise me when Paul and Barnabas had their little split up, that Paul went right out and grabbed that Silas.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. He said, I want a red liner with me, But yeah, <laughs> Silas was a red Christian. Christian. When I was in Bible college, I had to study on purpose. Well, so I chose the, the subject, but I had to do term uh, papers on the life of D.L. Moody. And I chose what uh, changed Moody's ministry because he, he didn't start off the way he ended up. There were events that took place in his life, five in particular, that changed his ministry and enhanced it in every case. <coughs> One of them was that he was in England, and uh, when he was preaching for England, they kept coming up to him they said, Mr. Moody, are you an O&O Christian? And he would ask people, what does it mean, o and O? I've never heard such a <coughs> thing before. And then finally somebody said it means out and out. Are you, they're asking me on Moody, are you an out and out Christian for Christ? I wonder about that you, about you tonight. Are you 010? Hey, Amen. Oh. Yeah, I called.
1: Out
0: now for Christ. And Moody had uh, Henry Varley, an evangelist, obscure in name, and except for this story, you would never even know of who he was. But he preached a week-long meetings in his uh, church there in Chicago, Illinois, and he made a statement that changed part of Bill Moody's life. Henry Varley said, the, the, Lord, uh, the Lord has yet to see what God can do in and with and through the man who is fully and totally yielded to him.
1: Yeah,
0: well, after that week-long revival was over, Moody had taken his wife to a picnic area. And his wife had made a picnic lunch, and they were out in the, the, the city park in Chicago. And He was talking to his wife about it, and he happy you know, Moody was a big guy. So I feel good that I'm on the right track, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm headed towards Spurgeon, Moody, and the Grapes. Anyway, uh, so uh, they were in the picnic, and he had a big piece of chicken, and he was eating. He said, he said, Emma, he said, the said, the world has yet to see what God can do in and with and through the man who is fully and totally yielded to him. And then he dropped his piece of chicken and lifted up his big body, and he said, Emma,
2: Emma, he said, I'll be that man.
0: And history shows that he did be that man. Why? Because he decided to red light his life. By the way, Moody died in 59. Oh, is that a shame he died so young? Yeah, I wonder if in heaven are going to say, wouldn't it be great if you could have lived longer? You could have backed off a little bit, you might have lived longer. Yeah. Had you not given so much oh, yourself God. now a longer? Had you done some more things for yourself? Oh, yeah. And all Pipe's Peak and, and uh, uh, a big hole in the ground and all the different places you missed. It wouldn't it been great if you just did some things for you? Uh, no. I wonder if Dr. and he's going to think, well, yeah, I wish I could have gone back and just done more for me.
1: Uh,
2: yeah. Huh? Come on, preacher. I'm not
0: saying you should be overweight and die at 59, but I am saying one thing. You ought to redline your life. Yeah. That's what I am saying. Now, I want you to listen to me tonight, because 33 years doesn't mean it's all over, set, done, close the book, and let's go home. Right. Yeah. Come on. Man. But I've learned that blessings don't come just because you're saved.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Blessings don't come just because you got a great pastor. Yeah. yeah and blessings don't come just because you showed up in church tonight right. and blessings don't come just because you memorized a few verses yes. and blessings don't come just because you threw something in the offering plate tonight yes. it doesn't help to just do a few it needs red liners to make the blessings of amen. God
1: amen. Like they have wanted to be yeah amen
2: yeah. You think that
0: whatever the vision of your pastor is for this city, you think God's vision is less
2: than that? No. You think God up in heaven saying, Oh, let me pull this guy up, you're way too strong in this thing? Wow. Yeah. No. no, I think
0: God's behind that thing saying, Go, preacher, go, man. Don't take it. Put with it. Leave yeah. these people that way. Give it your best. Put the power from the mouth. Yeah. your life for Jesus yeah. Christ.
2: Yeah. Hey,
0: yeah. I'm confident that that's exactly the way the Lord looks at it. Amen. Casual Christianity has never worn the blessings of God on Casual Christians end up as casual thieves. Yes.
2: Amen. God's choicest blessings have always
0: been to the redliners. All the great things you can do in the name of Jesus Amen. if you redline your your Amen. Amen. God wants to use you in such a fashion. Yes. So my, my wife, when we graduated from Bible College and we went to the ministry, I said, if we will be usable, God will use us. Amen. I believe that for every person in this audience yes, The youngest, the oldest, yes. and everybody in between. Nobody's a mistake. I don't care how Amen. you came into this world.
1: Come on, Nobody's here
0: by accident. Come on. It doesn't matter how you got here tonight. I tell you tonight that there's a purpose under heaven. And God has your mother.
1: Yes. God knows your name. And he's kind of the hair from God. and mighty things ahead
0: for the Lord's work with yeah. red, red line I was sitting in a doctor's office years ago now and an old reader's digest from the 50's was on the table and I picked it up and started going through it I found a story that caught my attention unfortunately but maybe fortunately, <coughs> because I learned this illustration the doctor was very long so I kept reading but there was a doctor in this story from the 50's you go back into the time travel where trains were the primary source of moving across the country. And this doctor had started his practice, and he started building up. Pretty soon he needed a secretary, pretty soon he needed a couple of nurses, and then he needed another partner, and they kept adding different personnel, and it kept growing and growing and growing. But the people who surrounded him at work were concerned that he was working himself to death. And so they pulled him aside, and they said, Doc, if you don't get some time off, I think you're gonna hurt yourself physically. Now we've got everything going here and you'll be okay for a week or two. If you take a vacation, it would help the practice if you get some time to rest. Well, he was very reluctant those that, that news because he was a workaholic. But he decided they were right about it and he would take some time and go take a vacation. He was leaving the last day and he grabbed for that black bag the doctors used to use with a, a, a group of tools that they used to take with them the doctor's tools for emergencies. And when he grabbed it, one of the nurses stopped him and said, no, no, don't you take that. If you take that, you'll be on call the whole time, and that defeats the purpose of why you're going. So he left that behind, and he and his wife got on a train and headed across the country for a vacation. Well, somewhere along this train travel, the train began to derail, and it rolled as it derailed. Cars rolled off until their car, their passenger car, rolled off and down into the ravine. But by the time that he knew what was going on and he shook himself to realize what was going on, and he had very minimal uh, 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 injuries, but there were people laying there who were moaning and groaning. Some had already died from the accident. And he was running around, the person to person who was crying out, and he was saying, listen, I'm a doctor, I'm here to help you. But he had nothing to work with. Nothing to work with. And he would try to make tourniquets out of shirts and and, and people's garments that were left behind the best he could, but it wasn't nowhere near what the need was. And he thought about that tool bag, and he finally, in frustration, he raised his hands up and he said, Oh, if I only had my tools, I could have saved some of these. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus and the good works that we're to walk therein. I'm telling you, his tools.
1: Yes. I do how many times God in heaven could have gotten frustrated and said, Oh,
2: if I only had some tools, I could save some in Columbus, Ohio. I could help some people in Columbus, Ohio. I could make a difference in the world in Columbus, Ohio. If I just had some tools.
0: But you don't want to go that far, do you? It's mm-hmm. yeah. a lot to ask. I mean, I know churches, preachers that don't ask nothing like that. And they're big and they got lots of things going on and they got activities, and, and I can come and go and nobody knows if I'm there or if on, I want to be known, I can't be known. I mean, what you're asking is to put my life on the line. I'm not called full time in the ministry. Who told you that?
2: Right.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Who told you Christianity was part time?
2: No, you may not
0: have a calling that makes it a full time calling in that sense, but you are to be a full time Christian. Hey,
2: Amen. Hey, 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 hey.
0: And what hey. has happened tonight if the people of Anchor Baptist Church on the 33rd anniversary rose up and said, "Hey, we'll be redlined." Yeah. all that counts. It hey. count get credit. That they where anybody knows. It right. where anybody understands. What counts is we gave our best. Yeah. And yeah. i tell you one day, you'll remember your pastor. One day you'll, you'll stand before the Lord. And if you read like your life, you'll t- 10,000 times 10,000 things know that you did that. Instead yes. of spent your life doing it all and playing church. Yeah. Come, on. Come on gave your life to the Lord and you stand before him you'll be so looking forward to being with him yes, and hear yes, that will done, thou good faithful servant, hey, I've yes, been faithful in a few things, I'll make thee ruler over many things, enter thou the joy of thy life.
2: Yes.
0: Oh my, I think that's the greatest word you're going to hear yes, for a second yes, person. Yes sir. yes, sir. I'm 63 years of age. I don't know how many years I have. I, I didn't know I was going to be close to death not long ago. But I don't want to go to heaven without finding out what I can't really do. God's yes. calling for redliners. Men and women. Yes. Labour yes. Right. who will hazard their lives for the cause of Amen. Jesus Christ. You see, the battles of the Lord are not won by rest and retreat, right.
2: Right. they're won right. by the
0: redliners. Redliners are the people who say, Not my will, but thine be done. Amen. Amen. Redliners are the people who say, Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Yes. Red lighters are the people who say, Oh, to Jesus I serve. Oh, to Him I serve. Him. Yeah, hey. Red lighters are the people who say, I am resolved no longer to linger charmed by the world's delights. Red lighters are those who say, I decided to follow Jesus. Yes. No turning back. Red lighters are those who say, Where He leads me, I will follow. Red lighters are those who say, Follow, follow. I will follow anywhere, everywhere. I will follow all. Redliners are the only I won't that out of the back of That's what redliners
2: are all about. Are you a redliner? Come
0: on, preacher. I got news for you tonight. It's a special bulletin. Life is not about me or you. Yeah. How do I know? Philippians chapter 2 and verse yeah. 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: sir. That not
0: every man on the things of himself, but every man on the things of. Others, Lord, help me live day by day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel and pray, my prayer shall be for others. Others, Lord, yes, others. Let this my motto be. Help me to live for others that I may live like thee.
1: Amen.
0: It's all about others. Redliners are people who make the Lord's priority first over their opinions, over their opinions, over their fun, Amen. over their rest over no. their feelings, over their wants, over their desires. That's they don't make excuses.
1: Amen. Amen. They don't accept defeat. Yes.
0: Uh, they don't wallow in self-pity. Uh,
1: yeah. They don't talk about it's not fair. Yeah. They don't worry about what others think of them. Let's yeah. Yeah. give them all
0: yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I've been married 42 years and it's unbelievable how my wife's put up with that. Amen. <clears throat> Now, I could fall in love easily with my wife and the way she looks only. But that really wasn't all that attracted me. My wife was a red liner before I even met her. That's she had to help me to understand what this is all about. I didn't understand this when I met her. When I met her, she was already a bus captain in downtown Columbus, Ohio, right off of Ohio State campus. She was already running 100 people on her bus every Sunday. Oh, sure. oh, it's, a, it's a 10 square block area where she was. She would go out there on Tuesday nights and visit her bus route. She'd go out there on Thursday nights and visit her bus route. She'd go out on Saturday to visit her bus route. Now, Saturday, she might do some prospecting to try to get new people, but Tuesday, she may bring food to somebody, and Thursday, she may bring clothes to somebody, and there were other things that she did that I thought, this is above and beyond the call of bus ministry. That's good. There's a man who lived on 2nd Avenue, near 2nd Avenue, in Pennsylvania. Uh, a blind, black man by the name of Bill Smith. Bill Smith did not see the condition of his house. He was a saved man and he loved the Lord, but he was uh, weak in ability and couldn't see, you know, to, to get around. So he never one time, listen to me carefully, never one time rode her bus to church. Never one time gave a dollar for the ministry of the, of the buses or the church. Never one time did one thing that brought that church any benefit at all. And yet every week my wife would visit him. And every other week she would bring a vacuum cleaner and cleaning solutions and clean his house. Bill Smith's house was horrible and he couldn't see it. And she would use the vacuum cleaner to suck up roaches and things. And then have to get rid of the bag before she took it back home again and clean the toilets and the bathtub that were filthy. He didn't pay her. He didn't ask her to do it. She did it because it needed to be done.
2: Yeah, <coughs> he didn't ride a bus. Yeah.
0: He never gave money. Right. He never came. He never supported. She just loved on him. So what do you call that? It's called red liners.
2: Amen. Amen.
0: Come See, on. it doesn't surprise me when that translates to 100 people on Sunday, because you can do work in the cause of, yeah. of the war yeah. during the week.
2: Yeah.
0: Not everybody can <coughs> do that. She's single. I get that. But everybody can love. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And everybody can care. Yep. Yeah. And everybody can open their heart to people. Right, right. And everybody can reach out like Jesus does. Right, yeah. And look at people, the have nots are who Jesus spent his time with. Yeah, yeah. Right, and not the haves. Yeah, just have a millionaire show up and take care of all of our financial problems. Well, don't you think your pastor loved that? <laughs> but the truth is, he's smart enough to know that's how God works. That right, doesn't work off one man, saved in the church. He works off the of membership. Yeah, yeah. Together. Yeah. 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 Yes. Church.
2: Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I learned redlining from my wife. Isn't that something? She had to teach me that. She never sat me down and talked to me. I just watched her. I thought, man, this is certainly different. I was in Bible college. My soul-winning partner was from Florida. And I go to his house and pick him up. We go downtown Chicago. We were members of the jail industry. And we would visit. The families of the inmates that we had in the services the previous week, and so I went one Saturday and picked him up, and he wasn't ready, and so I was waiting there, and it was a, a, a 25th anniversary of Wide World Sports. He had his TV on, I'm sitting there waiting for him, and they were showing clips and different things that happened in 25 years. You know, White World Sports, is old, old-fashioned, young bucks. But anyway, that's what was on, and they were showing the Boston Marathon. And one particular, by the way, the Boston Marathon has no financial gift to it. You get this gold medallion, that's it. And, the, and maybe you get your face on Wheaties or something like that. Uh, but th- that was it. And so they were showing the, the, this particular year, and there was a, a, a little skinny girl, about 90 pounds. And she was running straight, she was way out ahead of everybody and they had her coming in she was in that last uh uh, maybe in the last hundred yards of the marathon and all of a sudden her body collapsed from the stress that she had put on it in this race and she fell to the ground and people started passing her she lost the race others had won but then the camera zoomed in on her and her hand was going across the centers there and it was bloody and she was pulling up the ground to try and kill herself. She wasn't done with the race yet. Blood was coming out of her mouth. And as she had vomited, a in her vomit was pulling herself off the ground to try and get to that end course. like I thought, my soul, if those people live like this,
1: there are difference we can make in the world.
0: Well, we gave up because it's too hard one day. It's yeah yeah come too hot out there. It? Yeah, come on. It's been raining and the snows has yeah, too hot. Yeah, 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 well, come on now. Red I hate to find out that the world and lost people red line more than God's people.
2: Yeah, yes, yeah, sir. That's
0: good. We're living in perilous times. We need to red line. I'll give you one more illustration. Then we're going to do business with God. And a pastor friend who's in heaven now died of a heart attack about ten years ago. He personally told me this story. He said we had a missionary we supported for years. I, the the country slips my mind it was a third world country very poor but I don't know which one now but he said that I was asked by this missionary to come of course it was at my dime they couldn't afford to fly me over but to come and preach a week-long meeting for his mission work there he said I agreed I thought it'd be good for me to get out of the country and to go over there and see his work I'd never seen it and so he agreed to do so he said he showed up there and here this was a very hot climate area, no walls around, just a, a, a metal building, a roof on the building and it was all open and he said I couldn't believe this because there were no cars, there were no horses, there was nothing on. and yet people were coming in from all over and they waited for people. They were walking some for days to come to the meeting. Days. And they would crunched in and sit next to each other on these benches, and then those who couldn't sit stood around there. They were 10 deep around the building. He said, I am sure there was at least 500 people there. And one single one of them had a guilt ring on.
1: <laughs>
0: and it was hot. He said, Well man, I had never seen anything like this before. So I got up there to preach, and he said, those people preaching up, and I mean they aim at it, and they're going at it, and he said, I'm giving it my best, and I finished, and I just got a puddle of sweat, and he said, We have an invitation, and bang, they all came down to the altar. He said, they're all making decisions at the altar. And he said, man, I've never seen it like this before. And then they go back to their seat, and he's done. He say, okay, i got to go get a shower and uh, get cooled off. And, and uh, the, the pastor, the missionary got up, and he said, brother, he said, you've got another message? Uh-huh. Yeah. He said, well, I've got tomorrow night's message. He said, would you preach it now? They want more.
2: Amen. Amen. Uh-huh. He said,
0: I got up and preached a second message. Amen. About kill myself he said the next night i thought i'd take some i'd bring two boys today after both of them i preached three full messages he said every night it was that way another night two another night three it was like that the whole week he said i was drenched and so drunk he said i went back home and the next sunday i had a third of my crowd, most of the seats, the pews were empty, air conditioned building, beautiful, complex. He said a third of the auditorium had people in the rest of it was totally empty. People whining and complaining and they did too long the services. They didn't want to go that long. We would just shut up and sit down and that type of nonsense.
2: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. So that next week that missionary called him back and said, We are so glad to have you. I want to set up a time to have you can come next year because it just our people really resonate with you and God bless. He said, I can't do it. I said, what do you mean you can't do it? He said, I can't come back. He said, what do you mean you can't come back? He said, did we do something to offend you, to hurt you? No, no, you were gracious, you were wonderful, your people were great. He said, why don't you come back? He said, if I go back over there again and see those people walking for days to come to the meetings and spending the nights there in that that little uh, tabernacle, and then begging for more preaching, and coming at the invitation, and making decisions at every message. And then I come back to the stage, of I've uh, uh, uh people who are selfish and self-centered, <laughs> and they're oh, it is and innocent. I can't do it. If I do, I'll kill myself. See those people who have had nothing in this world's goods knew how to be redliners.
2: Yeah.
1: Come
0: on. The songwriter said it best: "Only one life, so soon it is past." Only what's done for Christ will last. Right. Only one chance to do His will. So give to Jesus all your days. Amen. It's the only life that pays. That's when right. you recall you had but one life. Amen. And you have one. Yes. Right. Everybody's got one. Amen. What are you going to do with it? Stand before the Lord. But let me tell you why I didn't do all that I could have done. Let me give you the exceptions and the reasons and why I, I didn't get it on the. You know, I didn't agree with everything going on there. I had people come, it was 30 years ago, a pastor, come and say, you know, I don't agree with everything in this church. I said, "Well, here, I don't agree with everything in this church either. And I'm the pastor. But we went to your life and said, you know, I don't agree with everything in your house. We don't let you come here because we don't agree with everything on it. You know, we like
1: that one. Right.
0: so about who I agree with and what I agree with. I agree with this. And Amen. Amen. So we Amen. agree with this, yeah, yeah. and your pastor preaches this and holds this. with this!
1: We've right. yes. seen for three plus
0: decades a man that honestly his own testimony had no business being up here. Yeah. And yet, is it funny how God takes the people yeah. who don't yes, have sir. a business doing it, puts them in their business.
2: Yes, sir. Yeah. He says, then they work
0: for you. Yes. You got no excuse. No. You're without excuse. So why don't we just tune it up a little bit. While everybody is, is, is coasting to heaven and practicing the rapture jump,
1: let's put it to the red line. Amen. Father, help us with these things tonight.